Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Hi everyone, Pastor Jeff Woodward here today with Pastor Bruce Grant and uh, we're so looking forward to this great session of Grow. Welcome to a brand new year and we trust that God will not only help us with uh, following Him and loving Him, but help us with our life and our relationships. And a huge part of, it, of that is our ability to be able to leave behind some of the things in our past and not let them become our present and definitely not let them prophesy what our future is. Some of you will remember that back on the 26th of November, just had to check, 26th of November, uh, 2023, Pastor Bruce spoke a message called The Threads of God. And by the way, if you missed that, if you weren't able to catch up with that, you can go to our Metro Church WA YouTube channel and that message will still be there for you and you can get blessed by that. But uh, Pastor Bruce, welcome to this grow session and I'm looking forward to you and I having a bit of a discussion and a banter about your life because in that message, you made reference to growing up in a, in a dysfunctional, broken, and, and abused background for your mm. life, and then began to unpack for us some of the amazing story of how God has used that all these years later yeah. to become a blessing to literally thousands of people. Mm. Can you just give us a quick pricey for the people who may have missed it? Yeah, Tell us a bit about what happened right there in the beginning where you said to God, I'll let you use all mm. my life? Well, in actual fact, uh, Pastor Jeff, that message, what the, uh, the intent wasn't about uh, traumatic past and dysfunction. Certainly that came out in the message, but as mm. the title implied, Threads of God, mm. it was really me looking back on my life and seeing some key milestone areas where God had used me. And as it turned out, he'd actually used some of those areas of dysfunction and trauma and abuse that I had suffered. So mm. it kind of like came about in the other direction. Uh, but one of the points that I mentioned in the message, and it's it's very true to me every single day, is that it wasn't long after I gave my heart to Jesus, I became a born-again Christian, got saved, uh, and I said to God, you know, one teary morning, look, there's all these things that have happened in my past, Lord, and I didn't ask the why question. I know a lot of people do, and if they're there, that's okay, but I didn't ask the why, because what answer are you ever going to get? Mm. But I said, Lord, there's a lot of stuff that's really been very upsetting for me, very distressing. I'm seeing how life was not intended to be that way. But Lord, please use me if you want to in anything that you want, including these areas that may be painful for me and they may be upsetting. But my mindset was, well, Lord, you died for me. You gave your life for me. So if that means some discomfort for me down the track to be able to help others, then I'm up for it. Can I just stop and say I find that remarkable? I really do. I've been a pastor for decades. And so many people, when it comes to their past, just seek to bury it. Mm. You know, as far away from it as they can get is what they want. And there you are saying to Jesus, you know, that was horrible. Uh, it was undeserved. It wasn't like you'd caused it. And even though it was brought about by evil, God, maybe you can turn evil into good. Mm. I know that at one stage 
you ended up uh, in South America. Tell everyone about that. That's an amazing story. In, in Peru, yeah. Mm. Uh, well, I'd actually gone on a missions trip uh, with this amazing global organisation two years prior. Mm. Um, and so there was another trip that came in two years later, which ended up going to Peru. And I, I wanted to go to that trip because I knew the group. Uh, but the way in which the teams were going to be organised, it wasn't possible for our church, Metro Church, mm. to take a team this year. And so I didn't feel to just go by myself. Yeah, right. Um, but then as the months went on, they talked about how they'd actually found incredibly high levels in Peru of abuse, wow. uh, greater than any other nations in the world that they'd been to over the wow. previous 10 to 15 years. And they said that they wanted people who, if they had experiences of past abuse, whether that's physical, emotional, sexual, whatever, then they really wanted people to come along and be a part of that team. And that really did speak to me. I had tears flying wow. down my face. Wow. I really sp- felt the Lord speak to me about that. I had no idea what that might look like for me. Mm. But I reached out to this, these people who they knew me from a previous couple of years. And then as the conversations went on, uh, they ended up creating a whole team, um, especially for people who had actually been abused. So I had a whole team of people, myself included, that had been through some of these past issues. And they, they let us loose for a whole week. Uh-huh. And we went around um, the, uh, the town that we were in, Iquitos, in the north of uh, Peru. And we got to minister to a whole bunch of broken people for the whole week. Um, I had the privilege of running a, a, a grief and crisis seminar at the end of the week, ministering to several hundred people who had either wow. been victims themselves or wanted to help other people as well. So that was that little thing that I got to do. Wow. So amazing, isn't it, how, you know, all those years ago, before you even knew God, but he knew you. And part of his plan was that down along the track, you're going to be a part of taking even the broken parts and building something beautiful out of it, which I think is amazing. To the other side of the world. You know, I think about the story in the book of Nehemiah where he comes to Jerusalem and it says it's all burned with fire, it's all broken down. And yet it's out of the rubble that we have this entire book of the Bible with some of the most famous uh, scriptures or verses in it. You know, the joy of the Lord is my strength is a verse out of that place, out mm. of that brokenness. I am doing a great work. It comes out of that part. Yes. And it's interesting to me how often God will take the incredible brokenness of our life and use that. It doesn't mean that everyone's got to do what you've done and have to share their story. But I think I, what I love is the fact that you said to God, God, I'm here for you to use. If you take it, that's great. If none of this had ever happened, uh, you know, and here you are now just having graduated with your diploma in counselling and being able now to bring not just your life experiences but to be able to bring your trained help to be able to uh, bring to people's lives. I think that's a fantastic thing. Well done to you mm. for that. I think it's really quite amazing. Thank you for it. You know, I often think about that verse uh, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 62, which I think we misunderstand. It says, Jesus is speaking. He says, no man putting his hand to the plough and looking back is fit for the kingdom. And I know as a young Christian, I thought that verse meant that, you know, if you look back, he's going to, you won't make it. Uh, and then I remember only, I think, this year looking it up and, and discovering that the word fit there means well-placed. It doesn't mean that God won't accept you. It means that you won't be as effective as you could be. Mm. If you spend your life looking back to the past, and you said to me the other day something quite profound that I wrote down a bit later. You said, these things happened to me, 
but they don't define me. Mm. They're in my past. I can still have a great future. So it's not denying that this stuff happened to you or the responsibility of the people who were the perpetrators of it, but you're saying you make a difference between what happens to you and who you are. Is that yeah, right? Absolutely. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, it's not allowing it to define you, I suppose. Um, you know, you'll hear about this phrase of a victim mentality, mm-hmm. and and I get where people are coming from with that. Uh, but everyone uh, can be a victim at different times. I was certainly a victim of different mm-hmm. things. And so it's acknowledging something that has happened to you, but it's not staying in that place because the other side of that phrase of victim mentality uh, tends to keep people contained within that space. And that's where they live within that that environment. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with um, not looking back, well, looking back is looking back at those painful things, not pretending that they never happened. Mm. But if your focus is on those, then that's where your focus is going to be. Mm. But if your focus is ahead as to what's before you, then it's moving beyond that victim. Mm. Um, And in the survivor world, it's referred to as going from victim to survivor to thriver. Wow, wow. Can I ask you this, Bruce, because a lot of us that know you or have known you for a long time know that you can be fairly or come across as being quite matter of fact about certain things, as though you have this special ability to be able to close the door and compartmentalise and say that's the end of that. But having also known you better than most, I think you've also been someone who's had to wrestle and struggle at certain moments where the reality of the past or the emotion of it comes up and, you know, you were just referenced a little moment ago about when you got invited to go to Peru uh, you know, that there were tears there. How much of the tears was a sense of not quite trepidation, but concern, you know, I'm going to go back and visit something that you'd rather not visit? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, part of what you mentioned about um, what people observe about me, we're talking personality. Mm. That's all it is. It's just the way in which I respond and react to different things. My personality allows it to look like I've compartmentalised those things. Mm. And, I, and I suppose I have in one sense. Um, like my father passed away about 18 months ago um, and my style of grieving aligns with my personality temperament, mm. which is that I very much process it internally rather than mm. clinics moments. Mm. Um, so personality is one thing about, about how people work through those things. But the tears that I experienced when I felt God calling me to Peru, they were not about the, oh, my goodness, this is going to stir up a whole bunch of stuff. It mm. was tears of joy wow. that how how amazing that God would choose to use me. What a privilege, what a blessing. And I didn't know what it was going to look like. But the fact that he was calling me to do that, they were tears of thanks and joy. Bruce, we don't want to make it sound as though this entire session either is about people that have suffered abuse because you just made reference a minute ago about grief and loss you know, or about dysfunction, Mm. and I've long been of the opinion that the entire human race is dysfunctional in certain measure. Like, I think we saw that in Genesis. (laughs) Exactly. I was just going to say that. It doesn't take long, does it, for the first family on earth, once sin enters in, for them to become dysfunctional. And we live in a world that kind of acts like if you just tell people, if you just educate people, then they will automatically do the right thing. And yet most of us, lots of us, we know things that it's not healthy for us to do, mm. uh, which is why the government, you know, puts warnings on everything from chip packets to cigarettes, you know, uh, you, you know, because 
knowing the uh, a fact is not the same as knowing the truth, is it? Mm, mm. And you came to a point, and I wanted to ask you about that. You came to a point where you know the truth. Jesus said, often again, a verse that gets misquoted, John 8, 32. Most people say, you know, the truth will set you free, but Jesus never said that. He said, you will know the truth and the truth that you know will mm. set you free. Yes. So can I ask you, when you first came to Jesus, how did that knowing, like, was it just like a full-blown supernatural moment of my past is gone, it's all over with? Or was there a growing in it, or, or what did that look like for you? Oh, definitely. Um, I, I prayed for selective amnesia. Oh, yeah. um, God's never answered that prayer yet. Uh, so it wasn't a case of everything was fine. It was it was just a case of that repositioning of, as the scripture says, you are born again, you are a new creation. Yeah, right. And I absolutely knew that, but that didn't stop my memory from being there. Yeah, right. And it certainly didn't mean that there wasn't a journey for me to go through. Um, and that message that I spoke a few weeks or back back in November uh, about threads of God, some of those time frames, we're talking 15 years wow. between step one mm. and step two. Wow. And in all of that time, there has been a proactive journey for myself to become a better Christian, a better person, a better husband, a better leader. Yeah, well, well, there's a lot in that, isn't there? Because it's not about, that's why I think that scripture in Luke 9 about looking back, it's not a matter of do you catch a glance at yesterday because mm. we've all got a past. Uh, it's a matter of going, I'm not going to let that become my focus. I'm not going to turn my that's posture right. mm. from looking forward. Yes. to looking back and living in the past. Yeah. You know, there's a guy in Jabez who was very popular a few years ago. It was like there were books, Christian books galore, Christian bookstores. There was workbooks. There was everything on Jabez because it, this is out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, sorry, Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. He prayed, it says his name means sorrow. So this guy gets born and his mother bore him with such pain that she labels him. And I'm going to ask you about that in a minute because – so often we give ourselves labels, or other people do, mm. uh, labels to our life. This guy wears as his name the label of sorrow. Everyone would look at him and go, you must have been a rotten kid. You know, your poor mum, whatever. He wears that. But when he gets older, his only mention in the Bible is, he says this, he says, Lord, I pray that you'll keep me from evil. And if we just stop there, I'd go, that's every Christian. Every one of us going, God, protect me, look after me. And then he goes on, he says, that I may not cause pain. In other words, I know what pain feels like. I know what it's like to walk through it. God, would you help me to never be the cause of that for someone else's life? Mm. Um, so talk to us a little bit about the shift in your life towards that thing of going, God, I'm going to surrender all of this to you. I'm going to let you use any part of my life. Was that, a, again, a big moment or was that just a growing realisation that God was good and therefore he'd look after you? No, I think that was a point of salvation moment right. for me, okay. uh, that when I said, Jesus, here's my life, use me whatever way you want, I meant it. And I also know the truth of that reality of being born again, being a different creation. And I just, from that very first day, like, it might sound a bit corny, but I went outside and the sky really was bluer. <laughs> Uh, it really was. Yeah, I know. Um, I know and, and people around me knew that. And and um, my mother made this comment to me, which uh, she thought was 
very wise and I just laughed and I thought it was fantastic because she said, you know, Bruce, the whole family, we're very concerned about you. And I said, why is that, mother? She goes, well, these last couple of months, it's like you've become a whole different person. <laughs> and I said, yes, I have. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> not the cool. answer she was looking for. Um, but the reality of being born again was absolutely true for me. Yeah, wow. And so even though there may be, you know, harkings of, you know, past memories and, and hurtful experiences, it's like, yeah. well, God, this, here's your word here. Yeah. This is what you say about me. And, uh, you know, about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is yeah, one wow. of my all-time favorite scriptures. Yeah, wow. That God, your word says that I can be transformed by my mind as I read your word. And I hold on to that. I'm going to ask you about a couple of key points, and you've just hit on one there, right right there. Where That's out of Ephesians chapter uh, 4, verse 22 to 24. It says that you put off concerning the former lifestyle, the old nature, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. It basically means whatever your old life was, put that aside like you lay off a jacket, and then be renewed, which is the part a lot of people miss and that you put on. A lot of people try to put off mm. and then go, that's not me, that's not me, I'm this, I'm that, and jolly themselves along. But there's got to come a deep inner change in our lives. If any of us are going to walk in the freedom of Christ, there has to be a renewing of our mind. Yeah. There has to be, an, uh, and, and I'm not quite sure how to explain other than, you know, the word of God it's got power reading it, Hebrews 4 verse yes. 12. It's alive yes. and powerful. Yes. And it's, but if you never read it or if you mm. never come to church and hear it or you're never in that environment, then the word will just be pages in, a, in an old book for you. Yes. Were, uh, were there any scriptures that were key to helping you? I'm glad you <laughs> How long have we got? <laughs> Let's go. There is actually a few. Uh, Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And that scripture has been incredibly comforting to me wow. when my mind does go back from time to time of some of the stuff that I had to endure. And I go, okay, God, but you've got great plans for me. And so as painful as that might be when the memory comes back, you've got great plans for me. And yeah, that's well. what your word says about me. And that's my forward journey. Yeah, well, any others? <laughs> go on your list. Got a few. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Isaiah 40, 31, those whose oh, hope yeah. is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. So I love to say I'm a pastor. I'm Superman every day. Not really. Uh, there's many days I'm far from Superman. Yeah, but again, right. scriptures like that really do help me. And that was probably one of the scriptures that helped me in Peru because I'm not immune to the memory of the abuse or my past experiences. And I was very much in the face of that every single day. But at the same time, God gave me supernatural strength to be able to work through that situation. So I was there ministering to others, but God was also ministering to me. I know too, like you were with Red Frogs this last year down at uh, Levers as you were uh, the previous year, I think as well, yeah. heading up the sexual assault referral team and mm. training people and all of that. And I remember asking you because you were, they go sometimes almost all night long. And I said, Bruce, how are you going to do that? And you said to me, God gives me the strength. Yeah. And he absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah, I think about that a lot because I think sometimes we give our life to Jesus and he saves us and we're so aware of it. And then we set about the rest of our life as though we go, it's okay, Jesus, I've got this. Mm. 
and not rely on him to continually to save us. You know what I mean? Yeah, and in every way as well. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, how did I get through the time at leave? Is that, well, that was such a carnal thing because we're talking about sleep. Yeah, right. Um, or not as many hours as I'm used to. Yeah. But I've been in that space before, and I know that God gives me the sleep that I need. Yeah, well. Let me ask you about forgiveness, because wherever there is abuse or dysfunction or anything else mm. in someone's life, whether it's at the extreme end of the scale, I, I know as a pastor, I've, I've prayed with people who would have qualified as the victims of torture under the United Nations definitions and seen the incredible havoc and pain that humans can perpetrate onto other humans. But I also know that forgiveness is such a major key to being able to walk forward. Mm. Um, you know, I've watched people say, I'll never forgive them, you know, or I can't forgive them. And yet Jesus told me I have to forgive and therefore I must be able to, so I can't, doesn't enter in. Mm. Was that a, a factor for you? Is that something that you had to work through? Absolutely. Um, it's interesting that in Peru, one of the workshops that I was running, uh, this lady asked me the question. She said, well, look, I've, this person you know, did horrible things to me and they're dead now. So how can I possibly forgive them? Uh, and my response to her, and I believe this was Holy Spirit led, was that forgiveness is not about the other person. It's about you. Yeah, well, it's about your heart attitude. Well, it's about you wanting to and being willing to, to release that level of forgiveness. And that mm -hmm. was a revelation to her. But because I'd gone through something similar myself where there'd been someone who had caused me great pain in my past um, and I was a relatively new Christian and I said, God, I, I understand I need to forgive as you've just mm -hmm. referenced. But mm -hmm. I said, Lord, I'm sorry here, but I, I don't want to forgive this person. I can't see it within myself to be able to do that. So my prayer for three months nonstop was, Lord, give me the willingness to want to forgive this person because I didn't even want to forgive them. I just couldn't bring myself to it. Mm -hmm. So I prayed that, Lord, give me the willingness to forgive them. Wow. And one day that prayer became, Lord, thank you for helping me to forgive them. Mm. And in that moment, about three months prior, in that moment, I was able to forgive them. I think there are two mistakes people make about forgiveness or that we can all make. One is to equate forgiveness with reconciliation as though somehow or other forgiveness requires the other person to acknowledge their evil or their responsibility at least. Or you thinking it was okay. Yeah, yeah, mm. you know, it's kind of like, okay, forgiveness becomes a let's all be happy families moment mm. when that's not what forgiveness is at all. No. Forgiveness is not you going, well, let's pretend it never happened. You know, it's okay. Mm. Um, forgiveness is something that I do. It's not something they have to respond to. Mm -hmm. You can forgive someone who will refuse to even meet with you. Yeah. And... Or, or as you said, has passed away. Mm. I think the other thing we get wrong about forgiveness is that we start equating forgiveness with how I feel. You know, I, I feel pain, therefore I can't forgive. I go, no, it starts, as you've just said, with a choice. Mm. I think the third thing, Bruce, that I'd say about forgiveness, and I've met this more times than I wish I had, was people who needed, uh, who blamed themselves. If I said forgive themselves, that's wrong because they hadn't done anything but yet they carried a sense of, do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a, a sense of, I must have been at fault. Mm. I must have done something. And I go, no, that was evil that happened to you and you bear no responsibility for it. Mm. And I've seen people just get free because someone said to them, not it's not your fault in the sense of, you know, the way that's often used, but in the sense of shifting a burden off someone's life. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. There'd be people that are a part of this GROW session 
who are walking through life as though they're carrying a backpack full of rocks, mm. you know, and you just go, you wonder why you're in pain all the time, why you're tired all the time, why everything requires incredible effort. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Yeah. He said, my yoke is easy, mm. my burden is light, because he comes and he starts unpacking some of the stuff out of our backpack and says, now you can walk on. But in the journey of life, we can inadvertently sometimes do things that it was because of us, mm. um, either as a result of past or just, you know, unwise decisions. But either way, we don't need to carry that, mm. um, you know. And you know, I'm reminded of the scripture where Jesus says there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Yeah, and so well. wherever that's coming from, again, that's a promise of God to hold on to and apply. There's so many. I love it. I love it. When I, I love talking with people about some of the Christian basics. And that is a Christian basic, you know, when you talk about there's no condemnation, everyone probably, you know, Romans 8 verse 1. Uh, and yet, to me, it's a bit like driving. You know, I'll, I'll drive home today and so will you drive home in your car. And, you know, we don't kind of go, I've been driving for so long now, I don't need indicators, I don't need brakes, I don't need to steer. The basics that you learn stay with you for the rest of your driving life. Mm. And for the Christian, I don't think we ever get beyond Romans 8 verse 1. You know, there's no condemnation because it seems to me the devil will always come up with something else to accuse you for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you for that on forgiveness. And I'm going to ask you a little bit of, later to pray with people who maybe find that a struggle. Mm. And if I've heard you right, you're really saying to everyone, I get it if it's not easy. Mm. Absolutely. You know, there's no switch, the on-off switch for now I've forgiven them and the birds are singing and like something out of a Disney movie. It's not like that. Can I also ask you though about trigger points, Bruce, because ask about that because you can't always predict them mm. and mm. you can't always foresee that they're coming your way. No. So, you know, you go off to Equitos there with the highest rate of domestic violence and sexual abuse in the nation with the highest rates of both those. Yeah. And I'm sure that someone comes up with a story or you hear a story that so reminds you of your own. Mm. How do you deal with that kind of thing? Because they do happen. Of course. Um, maybe because of where God has brought me, um, I get, if you can call this, a righteous indignation about it in like, how dare the enemy do this to well, another person? So, yes, it does remind me about a bit of my past, but at the same time, that then fuels me to go, I want to help this person and I want to help this situation, which is why I went there Yeah, well, in the first place. Do you have any thoughts on preparing? Like you can't foresee them, mm, mm. but you can prepare yourself. Yeah, I think if you understand more about your life's journey, whatever that might be, mm. uh, it could be the mildest of disappointments through to horrendous pasts. As you learn more about that, and I encourage everyone to learn more about your past if you can, then you start to understand what those trigger points look like. Yeah, right. And you, as you said, you can't predict when they happen, but you get to recognize, oh, this is that. Yeah, right. And then there's in that moment, how do I want to respond to this? How can I respond to this? Do I need to mm. do something that is safe for me? Mm. Do I need to remove myself from the situation? Or do I need to say a quick prayer? And I often do that myself. Yeah, well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for strength. And off we go. As basic as this might sound to some people, I'll never forget counselling a, a young friend. Uh, Rhonda and I saw this young woman together and she was plagued with all kinds of fear and things. And we were getting nowhere with prayer until one day I asked her what her favourite genre of movie was. And she told me it was horror. And I remember going, wow, 
you know, you are inadvertently feeding the mm. very thing you don't want. Yeah. You know, Second Timothy talks about in meekness instructing those who oppose themselves. And so for some of us, there may be things that we go, okay, somebody else might be able to watch that, yeah. listen to that music. Yeah. If you're given to depression, then probably sad music and sad songs is not going to be helpful to you. Yeah. And you might have to say to yourself, okay, somebody else could go there, but I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And even, yeah, I mean, Paul speaks about that, that it might be fine for one person, but if it's a problem for you, then it's a problem for you. Yeah, well. So somebody may have struggles with alcohol. Well, then probably best not to go to the pub each week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as, as simple as that might sound, sometimes it's what we need to hear. Let me ask you about one more thing here, Bruce, and that's what I call the law of habit. It's in Romans chapter 6 and verse 16. And again, I'm, you know, it's in the Bible. It's not like I wrote it. Uh, but I remember it profoundly uh, speaking to me as a young Christian because it says this, it says, don't you know its servants you are uh, that you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness? And what it says is whatever I keep giving myself to is going to rule me. And so if I keep giving myself to the silence that condemnation brings, to the introspection and the in you know the dwelling on all of what happened and how unjust it was, then that thing begins to grow until it can rule me. Mm-hmm. If, on the other hand, as you've suggested, I give myself to the place of prayer, to the thing of saying I don't feel like going to church today, because I'm sure there must have been some days when you just feel like I'm just going to stay home in my own misery, but you just go, no, I'm going to give myself to this, and that's how you end up in a place where the right things are ruling your life. Do you Mm, agree? Absolutely. And again, to, I can't say this enough, just to go back to the Word of God because Mm. that is the only truth that Mm. is in this planet, in this world in which we live, is the Word of God. And so those dark thoughts, when they come, then you go back to the Word of God and what God actually says about me and you just read it over and over and over again. And even if your mind can't believe it, know that your spirit knows it's truth. Yeah, well. And you are speaking truth over your life. Yeah, well, that's powerful. Very, very good. Let me just go back over some of this because I want it to just really, everyone to be able to hear it. Um, these things happen to me, but they don't define me. Mm-hmm. You know, that God wants to take our past and redeem it for his glory. That doesn't mean that everyone's going to have to do what you did. No. Not everyone's going to even be called by God. For some people, their past will remain private to them and no one else will ever know. Uh, but I think it's the fact of being open. There's something about that, Bruce, that takes away the enemy's power because as long as it remains this uh, denied secret, you know, it's, it's almost you live in fear of discovery mm. rather than being able to say, God, I'm going to follow you, whatever that looks like. I trust you to look after me. Yeah. And because many people get mired and they, why did God let this happen to me? I've had, mm. I've had Christians ask me, why did God let that happen to my child or to whatever? And I go, well, there's evil in the earth um, and there are evil people. And I've counseled with people where I've said, You know, they'll say, why did God let that happen? I go, that wasn't God. He was not involved. That was an evil person who did that. Mm. And now God is here to help you to grow beyond all of that. Forgiveness, 
you've covered that just in, in the power of the progression of moments that forgiveness is. Mm. Uh, trigger points, you can be ready with some kind of a strategy because that's what you're saying is you've figured out your own self and go, this is what works for me. Yeah. Um, again, um, not everyone's going to be the same. Maybe for somebody else, it's putting on worship music and just going, I'm going to get into that. You know, I know my wife, Rhonda, I'll often come home and if she's there before me, there'll be worship music playing because that's Rhonda's space. Mm. Uh, for me, it would be going walking in the bush and talking out loud or praying in tongues or whatever else like that. Yeah. Um, the whole fact of process that you gave God really how many years, do you reckon, to get to that point? Or is it still underway? Oh, it's still underway, but uh, <laughs> the fruit of 30 years of work. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Do you feel like in all of that, Bruce, uh, again, I always feel like if I start and give God space, the Holy Spirit is there in a flash, ready to give me a, a Bible verse or ready to give me a, a, a memory of something God's done. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit is our comforter, Jesus said, our paraclete, the, the legal advisor who comes alongside to get us out of the fix that we're in. And, you know, do, you know what I mean by that? Uh, that whole, I love that about God. I really do. I love the fact about God that it's not all up to me and I don't have to somehow rather produce salvation for my life, mm. but that he is there for every day and every moment leading you, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's powerful. Yeah. Well, I, I, look, we could talk for hours on all this, and I think there's so much in it. And I would encourage you, if this uh, time together with Pastor Bruce has been a blessing to you, go back and watch that 26th of November, 2023. Pastor Bruce was speaking in the morning service on the Threads of God. Uh, that's up there on Metro Church WA, our YouTube channel. Uh, and also go back and watch this one again. And don't just hear it once because probably the second or the third or even the fourth or fifth time you hear it, there'll be another little nugget of truth that God will open up for you and you'll go, that's what I needed today. And I think that'd be beautiful. Pastor Bruce, there will be people a part of this growth service that don't yet know Jesus. They're back where you were, try to make sense of life. And yet now they are hearing the good news of Jesus and going, now what do I do? Mm. Over to you. Help them with it. Yeah. Well, hopefully you've heard uh, my encounter with Jesus was absolutely real. I did not come from a Christian background. Uh, I think I can remember the number of times I went to church as a child, probably two or three. So, But I w when I heard about Jesus and I saw somebody who clearly Jesus was a big part of their life, I just saw the reality of who Jesus could actually be. And I want to invite you for you to discover personally who Jesus can be for you. We've made it so easy here at Metro Church. You are saying yes to Jesus, and we'd love you to back it up with grabbing your mobile phone, and you can text the word yes through to this number, 0488 826 392. That's all you need to do. Text the word yes, as long as you mean it, through to that number. And what will happen, we will send you a Bible verse every day, and we'll send you a prayer related to that Bible verse just to get you going on your Christian journey. You can get that from text messages. If you want to get an email version of that, head to this website, yes.metrochurch.org.au, and you'll get the same thing happening via email. But I want to pray for you mm. that if you're going to be saying yes to Jesus, oh. then we want that to be real for you. Mm. Your life will be changed. As the scripture says, you will be born again. You will become a new creation. Wow. 
Father, I thank you for the free gift of salvation. Jesus, I thank you for your love for every single person. And Lord, I pray for anyone who is hearing this message and they're responding to you, Jesus. I pray that you will come and invade their life in a yes. wonderful way like only you can. Yes. Lord, let them know that you are so real, that you are there forgiving them, giving mm. them new life, giving mm. them a new hope and a great future. I pray for all of this in, the Jesus, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Pastor Bruce, can I just ask you to do one more thing? And that's from out of what God has done in your life to pray for people who are, have got struggles. Mm. You know, it's not whether you're young or old. I've met people who were in their 70s, some even older than that. I'll never forget being by the bedside of a man well past that. And he told me, I think it was the first time he'd ever owned up to abuse that had happened when he was just a child. And I was able to pray with him. And he carried that his entire Christian life, mm. not knowing what to do with it. Yeah perhaps being a little bit frightened that if he was to share it with somebody that, you know, they might treat him differently or poorly or think less of him. And I know there'll be people like that across a whole range. Maybe it's a business failure or a relationship failure or, mm. or who knows what kind of thing. Maybe it's just something they've never been able to put a, a cause to. Uh, maybe it's just a struggle in their mind or in their own emotional life. Maybe if, if you would, would you pray for them Again, that Jesus will help them and mm. heal them. That'd be great. Love to. Yeah. Thank you. Father, I pray for any person that, Holy Spirit, that you would be bringing to their mind anything that um, they've been trying to run away from in their lives, perhaps. Maybe it's something they said or did and they've just, they've been condemning themselves for years and years, Lord God. Maybe it's something that was done to them and they've been trying to work past that all. Maybe they feel they've worked through a lot, but from time to time, there's other things that come back. Lord, there can be any number of uh, areas along this whole spectrum of things, this spectrum of life, uh, living in a fallen world. So, Father, I pray for every single person, myself included, Lord, that you will be intervening every day into our lives, giving us hope, giving us strength, Amen. helping us to forgive ourselves, others Amen. if necessary, and helping us to see in your word what you say about us, the truth about who we are in you. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Pastor Bruce, thank you so much for that. And thank you for being open to sharing some of your story with us all. Um, you know, I love that verse. There's a lot of verses I love. <laughs> you know, Revelation 12.10, you know, they over overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Yeah. And I love the fact when we share a testimony of what Christ has done, not a testimony of the evil of man, but a testimony of what Jesus has done. Yeah. There's an inspiration and a victory and a power in that. And uh, I think that's awesome. By the way, uh, we never, ever conclude any of our services ever without wanting to pray with those of you that are giving faithfully, that are sowing, that are investing in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. And so I always treat this moment of our giving, whether it's done electronically or whether you come into the building to do it or you've set up a bank thing, however you've done it, I always treat this moment as very, very special because you're really signaling to God where your heart is. You're saying to God, this matters to me because it matters to you. It matters to me. And so I love to pray over everyone's giving. We do it regularly as a staff. Pastor Bruce will know that, that we regularly are praying over the generosity of the people of God in this church, thanking you for it. And uh, we just want to do that one more time. So let's pray for that. Father, thank you for each and every person who's taking out of the storehouse that they've received from you. 
some of the wages, some of the blessings, some of the benefits, however they've come, they're taking that and they're putting you first and honoring you in it. Lord, I thank you for each and every person. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll do the supernatural in their business life, in their financial world. I pray that you'll bring abundance into them, not just the abundance of money, but the abundance of joy that comes out of knowing I'm working with God, I'm serving His purposes, and I'm becoming a blessing to others. So, Father, thank you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Hey, listen, by the way, uh, next month, February, uh, Bruce, you're really well and truly all over this because you lead serving in this church and that whole area where we don't just want to recruit people to serve. What we actually do is go, let us help you discover how God has gifted you and graced you. And then let's release you into that place so that you can become a blessing for that. And this whole month of February, that's next week, we are going to be spending the entire month celebrating the army of volunteers that call Metro home. I think people are going to be surprised when they see the depth and the, and, and the width of all the serving inside and outside the church. Yeah, I reckon. There's some amazing people like, you know, just the end of last year at our Christmas production. I had so many people come up to me afterwards and say to me, what an amazing church. Look at all these amazing people. And I just go, well, God brought them here. And God has given them the gift and the talent. All we've done is seek to release them into yeah. that. So, yeah, And they've uh, stepped up. Yeah, totally. They've said yes to Jesus, just like you said yes to him. I think that's fantastic. Hey, listen, hope we see you at one of the great events during February. Uh, there's a whole lot. Check out the website or the social media for all the details of what's coming up. And we hope we'll see you somewhere soon. God bless.